0: Ross Tucker football podcast it is a teaching tutorial Thursday professor Greg Cosell is in session can't wait to get his thoughts on week two of the preseason from the rookie quarterbacks as well as we've got some quarterback decisions being made it is Teddy Bridgewater time in Denver This is one of the last couple weeks that we are only three times a week here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You guys know, for the now, I guess it's 23 weeks of the NFL season, we will be daily, five days a week. You will get your 30 minutes or less of on-demand audio content from a former player's perspective every day right here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. We are presented by DraftKings. As I always say, thank goodness for those dudes. Go ahead and check out their latest offer, $200 in free bets if you put a dollar down on NFL Week 1 bet. Are you kidding me? They're giving you $200. Just always use the code ROSS. That's the key. Use the code ROSS. And why don't you just win? I got all these awesome press passes now. I'll get a sweet Jets-Eagles press pass tomorrow night, college football press passes, NFL It's all coming. I like to give them to you guys because none of your buddies have them. All you have to do is be a winner like Mike Singletary wants you to be. I want winners. I want people that want to win. I want people like spread the word winner Toby wan Kenobi. Now, obviously, I don't think it's his real name. His name is probably Toby. I get it. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I got it, Toby. I'm with you. He retweets... And likes a lot of our posts on Twitter. Whether it's at Ross Tucker Pod or at Ross Tucker NFL. I have seen Toby Juan Kenobi for years. I never really picked them though because it wasn't a real name. I don't care Toby. You're in dude. You're in. You're loyal. You support the show. You engage. You're the winner. Email me. Ross at Ross dot com. Matt Thomas is the latest one to get Raycon earbuds. Greatest earbuds of all time. I wear them all the time now. I was not an earbud guy until Raycon. Now I am. And then the YouTube shout-out, Steve-O-Spy. Again, I don't know why you guys don't use your real names, but uh, I'm sure there's a real name in there somewhere. He's been prolific commenting over at YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL recently. All you have to do is subscribe, watch a video, comment. Really easy. And you get a cameo-style shout-out. I've done five paid cameos this week. I'm trying to give it to you guys for free. All you have to do is comment on any of the YouTube videos. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. His name is Greg Cosell. He is a living legend. At Greg Cosell on Twitter. He is the civilian goat, in my opinion, the greatest film watcher, critiquer, evaluator who never worked for a team in NFL history. We should start talking about Greg for the Hall of Fame. He is the executive producer and on-air talent of the NFL matchup show, and it's the most wonderful time of the year because Greg watches the tape more than anybody else because he has to for his job, which is good for us. (laughs) And then we get to talk to him about it because we just watch the highlights or the TV. We don't go in and watch the coaching tape. So, Greg, a lot to get to, as always, Uh, I think we have to start with a pretty big quarterback decision, which may or may not be a surprise to some people, but uh, the Denver Broncos announced yesterday they're going with Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke. Uh, What's your reaction? What
2: have you seen from those guys this preseason? Well, I think there's a couple of factors that probably go into play. Number one, I think this is where analytics and sabermetrics come into play as well. Because I think what you're looking at here, and this is only one part of it, we'll get to another in a sec, is what's the balance between explosive plays in your offense, particularly explosive pass plays, versus turnovers? And where do you fall on that line? And I'm I'm sure they've done far more analytical studies than, than you or I do, Ross, because you're dealing with a quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater who for the most part, does not turn the ball over and plays efficiently versus a quarterback with Drew Locke who gives you more in terms of explosive playability with his arm and ability to drive the ball down the field, but perhaps will turn the ball over more. So I'm sure they've done studies uh, because all teams do now, as you well know, and they've decided that the turnover issue is probably in their mind more important. Um, The second part I would say is, and this is just an opinion, you have a defensive head coach in Vic Fangio, and we just know from experience, and that's all it is, this is anecdotal from experience, is that defensive head coaches tend, particularly if they feel they have a pretty good team all around, and I'm pretty sure they think that way at this point in time, that if you play good defense, you run the football, your quarterback is efficient, decisive, doesn't turn it over, that you've got a chance to win every single week. And Teddy Bridgewater is the kind of quarterback that if he has a lot of team around him, and I, as I said, I think they believe that, then you can line him up and play. Bridgewater is not a mystery. He's not all of a sudden going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Everybody knows what he is. But If they can play really good defense, which they focused on over the last number of years, they have two quality running backs, including the rookie Williams. They've clearly got three quality wideouts. Uh, They've got tight ends. They've got a young, improving O-line. They probably feel that their team has a pretty solid foundation at this point. So funny, your second point, Greg, because that's what
0: I was going to say. Like When you were talking about the dichotomy between explosive plays and turnovers – I was going to tell you, if it's an aggressive, offensive-minded head coach, he probably goes, leans to the explosive play guy. <laughs> if it's an old-school defensive coach like Vic Fangio, he's going to lean towards not having the turnovers. I guess my last question or point there would be, Greg, you know, I didn't think Carolina's offensive line was very good last year. No. And I also think Teddy's a guy that really benefits from a guy like Christian McCaffrey you know, checking the ball down, the underneath stuff. He didn't have him last year. And by the way, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore both still had really good years. You look at, you know, their fantasy numbers, et cetera. I guess I'm a little curious what Teddy will look like with better offensive line. And I do believe as well, better running backs to throw the ball to a better, certainly a better tight end and Noah Fant than he had In Carolina, I just think he's got some better people around him than he had last year in Carolina, maybe across the board. Look,
2: I think that if 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 Denver had a player, a quarterback that was a really good quarterback, that let's say was a five, seven year veteran who we, everybody knew was a really good player, we'd be talking about the quality of their weapons because they have Cortland Sutton, who could be a very, very good boundary X receiver, obviously missed last season they've got Jerry Judy, they've got Hamler, they've got Fant, they've got two backs in Williams and Gordon, and Gordon is an excellent receiver. Um, So he he has a a very good skill position group. And Bridgewater, look, at his best, he's comfortable, he's efficient, he's decisive, he knows where to go with the ball. Uh, I think the feeling is within the context of this offense, and by the way, like I said, don't discount the O-line. They drafted the rookie from LSU. Their starting center. Bowles has really improved with each and every season at left tackle. It's a solid group. Um, and because Vic is a defensive coach, I'm sure he feels that this defense will become very, very solid. They've got a good secondary. Um, they've got Chubb. They've got Von Miller. Uh, they've got solid, not great linebackers. But If you look at this team, because of the division they're in, no one has really taken them seriously. And I'm not suggesting they're overtaking the Kansas City Chiefs, believe me. But I think they feel that they have a very solid football team and they want their quarterback to be an executor and a ball distributor. And ultimately, that's Bridgewater's game. The other starting quarterback
0: announcement, Greg, not a surprise. Trevor Lawrence is going to start – for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I did want to ask you a little bit about them and him watching that game Monday night. I know they had some offensive linemen out, uh, Greg, and I can't believe the one throw he made on the run to the left. He was about to get drilled and he put the throw on the money. But, man, watching that game, it just felt like I was almost watching offenses from from two different generations.
2: Well, yeah, let's understand – First of all, what preseason is all about. The number one thing, and I've talked to to general managers about this, the number one issue in preseason is to get your best 53. That's the goal here. Uh, and, And what do people always talk about, Ross, when it comes to football in the regular season? Situational football. There's no situational football in the preseason. So this whole issue about play calling, that's just fun stuff on Twitter. That's irrelevant. That's not the way preseason games were coached. I actually thought watching the tape, I came away feeling that it was an excellent learning experience for Lawrence. He stayed in the game mentally and physically, and while he has much to learn and get a better feel for things, I thought he showed the kind of toughness and resilience that you want to see from a rookie quarterback. There have been studies done that indicate that the best indicator of success for a rookie quarterback, and this is not profound, but the studies show this, is the quality of your team. And let's face it, I think we all know, and, and I'm not talking out of school here, that the Jaguars' overall roster is probably bottom third or bottom five in the NFL. This is the team Trevor Lawrence is on, and. The, the As I said, the analytics show that it's the quality of team that dictates success for the most part. I'm sure there's always exceptions, as there are to everything, but that's what dictates success for rookie quarterbacks in this league. I got to ask you about a guy, Greg. I don't know how much
0: you knew about him. I didn't prep you for this. Uh, this Saints receiver, Marquez Callaway. Yep. I mean, it feels like he came out of nowhere – He looked awesome the other night. Two great touchdown catches. Jameis obviously uh, showed again that he can make some big-time throws. But I never really
2: even heard much about this guy until the last couple weeks. Well, you probably wouldn't be surprised that I watched his tape coming out of the University of Tennessee. And uh, he was an interesting player. He's got really good size. He's physical. He's competitive. He's not a burner, but you, we know you don't have to be a burner to be a good NFL wideout. Michael Thomas, I think, ran a 4.57 at the combine. I think DeAndre Hopkins ran a 4.58. You don't have to be a burner to be a good wideout. And Callaway, he made some plays a year ago when he got his opportunity due to Michael Thomas being injured a year ago. And he's the kind of receiver that it depends what kind of offense he's in. But I think because of his size, his competitiveness, his toughness, He catches the ball well. He could be a very effective receiver. And he may be, depending on when Michael Thomas comes back, he may well be the volume target in the Saints offense as we start the season. And my guess is, I don't think it's been announced, but my guess is it'll be Jameis being the starter.
0: Uh, I would tend to to agree with that one. All right, let's get to some of these other rookie quarterbacks. So uh, tomorrow night I will be doing the Jets – And the Eagles. No idea how much any of these guys are going to play for either team. It seems like some of these teams, Joe Burrow and the Giants, they're playing dress rehearsal a lot. I am really looking forward to, Greg, based on some of the film I've seen, watching Zach Wilson up close. You know, Greg, I know that the Packers didn't have their starters out there. And I know it's just preseason. But in both games now, He looks very comfortable and I'm watching him come off his first read, throw to another guy, get the ball there. I I mean, there is
2: definitely something there with Zach Wilson. Well, it's interesting you say that because for instance, uh, obviously he made that throw where he moved to his right to Corey Davis. And, and that's a second reaction throw, um, and and we know he can do that. See, that's not a scoop, Ross. That's not one of those things that people should necessarily get excited about. It's a great trait. And we knew he had that trait. He has controlled movement with excellent downfield vision. We knew that coming out of BYU. Um, he also hit Corey Davis on a dig ball on, um, I think it might have been third down, um, uh, it was the same route concept as the week before when he hit Keelan Cole on third down. It was the same three-man field route concept. So again, they gave him something he's very comfortable with, and it was it was I don't, of course it's never easy in the NFL, but it was comfort level. And you're right, he has looked very very comfortable. The other thing you see a lot of, and this is part of the Shanahan style of offense, which is what they run because it's Mike LaFleur there who was with Shanahan and is Matt LaFleur's brother, um, is you'll see a lot of play-action boot. And we know that Wilson, with his light feet and active feet, is very good on play-action boot. So, yes, he's looked extremely comfortable.
0: You know um... – I'm really looking forward to watching him. It's funny. Speaking of extremely comfortable, Greg, let's get to Mac Jones. And here would be my observation being in the booth. You know, college and the NFL, I call a lot of games. Yeah. And when you're in the booth, like, you can see certain throws stand out to you. And Mac Jones made two or three throws. This is a week ago, Greg. This is against the Eagles a week ago. And I know Mac Jones supposedly doing well against the Giants – in joint practices. I don't know. I'm not there. What I do know, though, is I had a perception of Mac Jones, Greg. You know, smart guy, knows where to go with the ball. He he put a lot more zip on a couple of throws against the Eagles down the middle of the field against zone coverage than I feel like I knew he had in him or that
2: people were giving him credit for. He doesn't have like a pop gun arm. No, I think his arm's better than average. It's not a gun, certainly. But, you know, it was an interesting game. Look, you were there, and you, you did the game. Um, and then when I watched the tape, and obviously I watched some of the game on TV as well, uh, there were a couple of throws where you said, that's really good. And then you saw traits that you know that he has. Um, that he has a natural sense of timing and rhythm to his game. And he certainly throws with precise ball location. And those are really strong traits. Those traits can make a guy a very good NFL quarterback. But that game is a hard game to evaluate, Ross, if you're really looking to evaluate Mac Jones. Because the Eagles, as you saw, literally played soft zone shell coverage on almost every snap of Mac Jones. It was, pitch, it was a pitch and catch game. I mean, the throws were defined. They didn't really demand any higher level decision making. Um, and he executed them really, really well. So we saw some of the traits we know that he has from watching his college tape But that game itself presented no difficulty. There was a very low-level degree of difficulty. And that, again, gets back to what I said earlier. There's no situational football. The Eagles just played soft zone coverage on it uh, literally every snap.
0: You know, Greg, I was thinking of you, too, watching the Niners game. Because you said last week, right here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, first of all, you said Trevor Lawrence going to have to get used to throwing under duress. Well, that was the case Monday night. Well, that then the you case. said Trey Lance was a little all over the place in week one. Watching him in week two, that's exactly what he was, Greg. I mean, he was a little all over the place. Started off
2: slow, yep. made some plays later. I mean, that's where he is right now. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I want to give you two examples because – There's this sense, of course, that if a ball hits a receiver's hands, he should catch it because it is the NFL. And I'm not going to dispute that. But here's the way I would respond to that when the quarterback has a clean pocket, Ross, and the receiver is open, the throw should be right on his hands. This is the NFL. The throw should be right on his hands. It shouldn't demand that a receiver make a tough catch. And Lance was, again, a little bit all over the place. He settled in, which was a very good sign, and made a couple of really good throws. Obviously, the touchdown to Benjamin, the second one, was really good execution by Lance because he he read the coverage. It was man coverage pre-snap, and he knew immediately that he had to control the Mike linebacker in order to make the clean throw to Benjamin on the crosser. So that he did a really good job. But as I said, we have to get away from this idea that an an inaccurate or a less than precise ball placement throw when you have a clean pocket to a wide open receiver is okay. That's not okay.
0: I agree. Last one. I got to ask you about uh, Justin Fields week two, Greg, or else the
2: bears fans will get mad at me.
0: What did you see from (laughs) Fields week two?
2: Yeah. and, And again, it's easy to say that he has a bad O line and that O line does have some clear issues and we'll see how that plays out. Um, I thought he was a little more deliberate versus the Bills. I thought that he didn't see things as clearly as he needed to. I'm not going to comment on the blitz because the one where he got hit, because we just don't know, Ross. I mean, people know in the organization, other people might know, but we don't know whether that was on him. We don't know if the back should have stayed in. We don't know if the center slid the wrong way. We don't know any of this. So I'm not going to sit here and say that that was on fields. He did make a couple of really good throws, um, My sense watching him through two preseason games, and so far they've indicated that Dalton is the starter. So we'll see if if that changes. But if he were to play early, my sense is that he will rely on his legs as he learns the details of the position from the pocket. He needs to develop more patience and comfort in the pocket to finish his progressions. But quarterbacks that rely on their legs can make plays. It just takes them a little longer to develop those nuances of playing from the pocket. So, Greg, we've got some guys that are going to play this weekend for the first time in the
0: preseason. Joe Burrow, Daniel Jones. I'm sure we'll see more from these rookies. So, looking forward to uh, recapping what we see next week. Thank you so much, as always. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. You know who I appreciate? I appreciate those of you that want to go against me and Joe Dolan in a season-long redraft league, Yeah, that means you have a one-on-one matchup against me, a one-on-one matchup against Joe Dolan from the Fantasy Feast, and you can do it literally for free. Just go to fantracks.com slash Ross and sign up for a free account today. Fantrax, F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash Ross. That is the league we're using for the season-long league. You know why? Because it's awesome. Because it's fully customizable. Because I can have as many guys in it as I want. Or gals. You know what I mean. Oh, And I don't need to use a defense. I don't need to use kickers. They've got all kinds of ridiculous giveaways. But forget the other giveaways. That That's all just gravy or icing. The meat is I want to go against you. And all you have to do is go to dot com slash Ross, sign up for a free account, send it to me, and there's a very good chance on next week's Fantasy Feast podcast that I say your name and you're in the league with me and Joe Dolan. Fantrax.com slash Ross.
1: Good morning, Ali. You and Greg discussed it, uh, but – couple guys officially named starters for their team, Teddy Bridgewater in Denver, Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, any other thoughts?
0: Well, I think we hit the Bridgewater stuff and the and the reasoning pretty good. He's played very well in the preseason. They've scored a lot of points when he's been in the game. I think it would have been tough for Fangio to not pick Bridgewater based on his performance in the preseason. I mean, that's the deal or maybe the issue with playing these guys in these preseason games. If the one guy clearly outplays the other, it's kind of hard to announce publicly, hey, we're going with Drew Locke. I mean, the fans can see what they can see. They're watching the games. They're kind of on TV. So it's hard to go away from that. As for Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he was always going to be the starter. I think Urban Meyer was just trying to make a point that every position needs to be earned, and I guess he feels like he made it. I don't know.
1: Ducks takes... Latest injury news, Jets defensive end Vinnie Curry. You're going to miss the season with blood clots coming from a rare blood disorder. And Packers put wide receiver Devin Funches on IR.
0: So, you know, people kept saying Rodgers needed another receiver. They signed Funches last year. He opts out. Now this year he's out for the year on IR. So the Funches experiment was kind of a bust for the Packers in terms of giving Rodgers another receiving weapon. As for Vinny Curry, it sounded scary. I I don't like when I hear, like, rare blood disorder or blood clots. I think they got it under control. And I think football is uh, the least of his worries right now. Vinny, by all accounts, is a really good guy. And, uh, you know, there's always things like this that pop up that you realize are way more important than football.
1: We had another trade last night. Uh, Panthers sending linebacker Denzel Perryman to the Raiders in a pick swap.
0: It's unbelievable. I feel like the Raiders at times are just like, I want that guy. Get that guy. I want that guy. You know, now they have a new D coordinator in Gus Bradley. He worked with Denzel Perryman the last couple of years with the Chargers. I guess he feels like Perryman really knows his defense and can play better than the other guys, but. They just spent a bunch of money recently to get, like, Kwiatkowski, to get uh, the dude from the Rams that I love. I mean, it's – I don't know. Sometimes I feel like the Raiders are just – it's like they get bored with their current guys, and they're looking for somebody, anybody new, always feeling like, you know, the personnel is the problem. You know, they swapped out D coordinators – They've swapped out so many offensive linemen. They've swapped. I mean, at some point, maybe they need to do a better job of coaching. Corey Littleton, by the way, is that Rams guy that I thought uh, was very impressive for a couple of years there in L.A. Doug Stakes.
1: Uh, Bruce Arians made a statement regarding away games yesterday that caught your attention. More details, please.
0: Well, so. You're allowed to, if you're vaccinated, on the road for away games, leave the hotel. Bruce Arian says, nope, not on my watch. Not happening. Not with my team. Which, honestly, I'm sure some of the guys don't love it. It's probably pretty smart. I mean, there have been some breakthrough cases of people that are fully vaccinated getting covid so, it's happened. I don't know what the percentages are, but it's it's happening. So, and it seems like by everything I've read, that's like one of the worst things you can do is go out to eat with a big group of people. Everybody's got the masks off. They're all talking and eating. And it's family and friends from out of town that are all coming in from different places. It's not a good idea. This doesn't feel like it's a very good idea. I think Aryans is being smart. You know, I'm sure those guys are bummed out, but they also know he's doing what he can to try to keep them safe so it doesn't affect their season. I mean, speaking of safe, look, when Simply Safe Home Security's founders, Chad and Eleanor Lawrence, designed their first security system in their kitchen, they did it for a very personal reason. Their friends had just had their home broken into. They were struggling to find a security system that was simple to set up and would make them feel safe again. Making people feel safe is what simply safe has been doing ever since that moment, 15 years ago. We haven't talked about simply safe in a while, but you guys know I had one incident when I was like in seventh or eighth grade in high school where someone broke into our house. I've had another more recent incident. Thank goodness for security systems like Simply Safe. As my listener, you can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system and get your first month free when you sign up for interactive monitoring service. Just visit SimplySafe.comslash Tucker to customize your system and start protecting your home and family today. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash tucker. Ducks
1: takes. All right, last thing, uh, preseason week three. What are you looking for?
0: Well, I just think it's uh, – we talked about this on the Even Money podcast quite a bit, Bri, as you know. I just think it's going to be truly unique. I mean, there are teams that have already said publicly that they're not really playing their guys. There are other teams that have said, we're playing Joe Burrow. We're playing Daniel Jones for a half. So I'm looking for to see the dichotomy – That's twice I've used that word in this show. I don't think I've ever used it before, trying to be fancy boy, fancy Princeton boy with these fancy words. Anyway, I think it'll be interesting to see the difference between some teams playing their starters for a while as a dress rehearsal to get them ready for the opener because it's still a couple weeks away and other teams really not playing their guys at all, maybe even having third-string guys out there. Um, it's going to be fascinating. Great opportunity for the third string, guys. That is for sure uh, to see and show what they can do. Shoutouts are in order, Bry. Look, we've been getting a lot of new patrons, by the way. I love it. Today's patron shoutout goes to Brian Shoe. I think that's how you pronounce it S C H U H. You going Shoe, Bry? That's Shoe, right?
1: Well, sh- sure. I, shoe show, or show, no. I okay. like
0: that, Bri. I like that. Darn it. I love it when you provide value. I get it, Bri. I got it. Sure on shoe. That was nice, Bri. See? And now everybody's smiling because every, every three months you say something a little bit clever and everybody gets so happy about it. Everybody has a party. It's awesome. Love it. Um, but anyway, he's the latest patron. Patreon.com slash RT Media. I think people really like that you can get the press box food grades, you can get all of my picks each week, and you get all of our even money bets in in black and white on our private Slack channel if you become a patron. Love the I think we're done here members of patreon.com slash RT Media, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, humanheadnyc.com, and steakhousesports.com. Check out the other shows. Emery Hunt's got you ready for live college football on Saturday with picks and the top prospects. We'll be back either Sunday night or bright and early Monday morning. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.